It's October 15th, 2022. Cairo. The finals of the Women's 10-Meter Air Rifle Championships. A packed crowd watches excitedly. Two competitors remain. One of them, 28-year-old Allison Weiss of the United States. My competitor and I were kind of going back and forth, almost shot for shot. And I had my first bad shot, which was a nine. We don't like to see nines in our sport. You want to see 10.5s or better. And my first thought was, okay, don't panic. It's okay. Don't stress about it. Load another one. Focus on the present. Same spot. A nine again. And that's when the panic hit in. Heart kind of started racing. Why did it do that? What am I doing wrong? What, how can I make it better? Am I going to be able to fix it? I only have another 30 seconds. In that moment is when my coach called a timeout. All he told me was, take a breath. It's going to be okay. We're just going to try to fake her out a little bit. Yeah, so timeout ends. I'm only thinking about center of target. Slow breathing. They called the commands. Load. And I picked up that next pellet, put it in my gun, closed the bolt, and I was completely present. Let's go. So if you pick up the gun, my main focus is a breath. As I'm looking over the sights, I'm already getting my sight alignment. Pull the trigger. It was a deep 10, and I won those points, and it was honestly just a bit of relief, sort of like a weight off the shoulders. You know, it was, all right, I'm back. Allison used that momentum to take back the lead. 15 minutes later, she won the match and the world championship. It was the first time that an American female had won a world rifle championship since 1979 and was the highlight of her young career. But Allison's not done yet. Sergeant Allison Weitz became interested in guns when she saw a firearms safety course brochure at the age of nine in her home state of Montana. And since then, she's become one of the best shooters in the world. And since 2020, she's taken those skills into the Army as a member of the elite Army Marksmanship Unit based out of Fort Moore, Georgia. In today's episode, our hosts sit down with Allison to talk about her shooting career, the importance of diet in all facets of life, her goals for the 2024 Paris Olympics, and give some advice to Elmer Fudd in his eternal quest to get the wabbit. I'm Carrie Varro Heikis, and this is Army Matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Army Matters Podcast. I am your co host, SMA retired Dan Daly, the 15th SMA, and I'm joined by my good friend. What's up, Dan? I'm Lieutenant General Retired Leslie Smith the Army's former Inspector General. How are you, brother? I'm good. I got a question for you, Les. Yep. How good of a shooter are you? Uh, it depends. 
It depends on what the target is and if I've had any libations or not. Let's just take an average day. You got a rifle, you got a target. What is the possibility of you hitting that target 10 shots? 10 shots in a row? Yeah. What's my distance, bro? 100 meters. 25 meters, 100 meters? 100 meters. 100 meters? Probably about 70%. Okay. So you qualified with your weapon, right? I did. But I'm not an infantryman like you. I'm just an no, average no, Joe no, from Georgia. No, I'm, just, I'm just giving our listeners the ability to assess your natural shooting ability. That's all well, I'm doing here. Well, let's talk about you. Well, we can, you, but, you, yeah, but I yeah. asked the question first. We'll get to all me right. next. We'll get to me. Okay. We'll get to all me. right. We'll just check it. So, so we know. This that, is what happens every week on these episodes. I have to defend myself. That's it's right. It's just like, oh my gosh. But we know that a soldier has to shoot 40 targets. That's right. Right? From different positions. So we won't talk mm -hmm. about that. We'll just talk about just raw shooting. And these targets are exposed anywhere from 50 to 300 meters. That's correct. And they come up at random. They do. And you get 40 rounds to shoot 40 targets. Les, mm -hmm. what was your best qualification score on a 40 round, 40 target qualification range? So I think uh, my best was 36. That's expert. How about you, Dan? What was your best? I, in basic training, the first yeah. time I ever qualified for record, not during the practice, you know, not right. when I shot yeah. 39 out of 40. Nice. Now, I don't want to spoil the introduction of our guest. She is involved in shooting. Obviously, we've been talking about that. But Les, if you were to compete in the Olympics, what sport would you compete in? Would I compete in? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So I'll give you two. Okay. So something that I think would be really fun uh, I don't know how great I would be in, yeah. would be curling. I just think that's so fascinating. That's mine too. That's mine. Oh, what? Yes. You know why? Why? I figured out that that's the only Olympic sport that you could actually drink a beer and still compete very well in. Oh, really? Yeah, you I might think get so. Better. You know, you could, I, I, I don't want to be like the guy that launches the, the thing. I just but you want to be the, 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 the scrubber guy. The scrubber guy. Yeah, yeah that's what they call them, the scrubbers. Yeah. 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 So scrubber, scrubber pretty good. Can I get to who we're going to introduce today? Yeah, you can. Because she's waiting patiently. She's waiting. She is. I can't believe she hasn't said anything yet. And, oh, my gosh. But in fact, today's guest is a world champion shooter. She's competed in the Olympics, and is a front runner for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. And currently spends her days as a sergeant in Fort Moore, Georgia, training and helping instruct others at the United States Army shooting team. Wow. Sergeant Allison Weiss, welcome to Army Matters. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Okay, Allison, I got, I got to start off here with something a little different, some listener questions, and I'm pretty excited about these. They're going to seem a little off, but they're right for a world champion shooter. Okay, first question. If you could give one piece of coaching advice to Elmer Fudd in his eternal quest to shoot Bugs Bunny, what would it be? Where's the rabbit? Um, I think control the excitement. Okay. Control the, he does get quite excited. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wants it so bad that I think he wants it a little too bad. So he doesn't really allow itself to happen because when he gets the opportunity, does he ever hit it? Does yeah. he ever hit That's good advice. Question <laughs> two. This is a huge one. So the first person shooter games, you know, all the ones out, there's a bunch of them. How do you fare in person on those games? Do you go in there and just wipe everybody out and then shut the, th you know, like drop the controller? No, not so much. I don't play a lot of them, unfortunately, just because I get uh, a little, little prima donna in 
how things function since I am so used to my highly functioning expensive gun. <laughs> and I'm okay. like, well, this isn't working. Like if I miss, I'm like, it's not me. It's got to be the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> There's no so way. people don't have to look out for you in those. In those yeah, games, probably not. Uh, okay. yeah. She right. probably doesn't have time, Dan. Yeah, no, she's busy. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about that. One yeah. more, one more, Allison. All right. If they were to make a film about you as a female American sniper, who would play you in that film? Gosh, that's a good question. Okay. Two people. I'd have to be between two. So I guess it would be whoever has a better, what is that called? Interview? Uh, you could pick two. You could pick two. Either Jennifer Aniston or Blake Lively. Mm. Mm. I know. Probably not what you're expecting, huh? Okay. Okay. But which one do you think would be the better shooter in real life? I feel like Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Jennifer Aniston has played some roles that involve some pretty intense situations. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. But didn't Blake Lively battle that shark in that one movie? Oh, actually, yeah, I think that was her. And serve as a female James Bond in another? Can I change my answer? I forgot about those movies. <laughs> Allison, it's okay. It's a movie about your life, and you should get to choose whomever you'd like. Now, let's talk about you and how you got to where you are today. Where did you grow up, and how did you eventually become a soldier? Man, it's been a long journey, that is for sure. I never expected myself to be a soldier. So we'll start with that and we'll take it all the way back to nine years old. I grew up in Montana. There's not a lot of military installations up there. Um, so it was just never on my mind. And then I actually found the sport of shooting and that was through a gun safety and education program. So just a little nine-year-old for some reason kind of a tomboy, wanting to learn about guns, how to be safe around them. Carried this little paper flyer home to my family. And my mom and dad said, we don't have guns, but if she goes somewhere in the state of Montana, people will probably have guns. So she should learn how to act around them. So signed up for that. And that's where I learned about the sport and kept progressing up through all the way through high school, got recruited to go to college. That's when I got more experience in learning about the Army and the Army Marksmanship Unit down here in Fort Moore, Georgia, because they hosted the USA Shooting National Championships every year. Nice. 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 Ding. Recruiting to work, Dan. It does. It does. So, Allison, can you just talk about uh, what your degrees are and what they're in? And we're going to talk about this later on. I want our listeners to know. Yeah. So I went to the University of Mississippi, or also known as Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi. And I got a degree in nutrition and dietetics for my bachelor's. And then I tried a few different other places, which included a graduate assistant position at the University of Memphis, where I completed my master's in clinical nutrition. Excellent. So Allison, help me out here. So I read in one of your bios that you get to start shooting guns with shooting varmints, gophers and prairie dogs. Is that true? And what's a varmint? Oh, man. These gophers and prairie dogs, they're going to follow me everywhere. <laughs> I want to say kind of. Okay. That was my first exposure to any kind of rifle, which was just a pump action BB gun where you loaded a bunch of BBs into the back, I mean, and then pumped it up, then 
you're able to see how far it would go with different amounts of air in it. Yeah. But the gun safety and education program is where I really learned how to shoot. So I didn't really know what I was doing until I was there. Uh, we walked downstairs and I thought it was just going to be a classroom type of situation. And they split our group of nine-year-olds in half. Half of us went to a classroom. Half of us stood approximately five meters or 16 feet, four and three-quarter inches. It was on a test, so I still remember it. Okay. Away from a target on a box, just pinned with some pins into a box and handed a Daisy 499 Spring Air BB gun. Got taught the basic mechanics of positions, trigger control, breath control, all of that. So was there someone even at the age of nine that said you could do this, become a top shooter? Did somebody motivate you? Absolutely. I had um, a really good mentor and coach at the time, Chris Winstead out in Montana. He was actually the one, gave me a little nickname, Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley. Okay. So that was pretty prideful to carry that around with me for a couple of years. I uh, said I had a lot of talent and really good natural ability. And if I wanted to go somewhere, I could and kind of planted the seed. I didn't even know it was an Olympic sport. Didn't know it was a sport in the army that I could compete in. So he planted that seed of it being a sport. And that's when the dream started. And here you are years later, a world champion. So when did you actually think you could become a world champion? When I became a world champion. <laughs> oh, before that time, you weren't thinking about maybe I could, I got the skills. I did know it was a possibility and I did believe in myself. I guess it's just not something I was ever expecting because I didn't want to, I don't know, scare it away or put so much expectations on myself that it'd become a bigger letdown. But I knew it was a possibility and I just kind of yeah, see where it went, just see where it would take me and see if I got there. So both of your degrees in nutrition, can you tell us why or you believe that diet is so important for everyone, not just athletes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people know that food is needed. They always want to eat food, but I think they forget that it's our fuel source. So if you think about yeah. taking your car to the gas station, putting food in your body is the exact same thing for us. It's the only way we can get the energy to get up and do our daily tasks, even if it's just daily living, like brushing your teeth and brushing your hair, and even more so when you become an elite athlete or a soldier athlete and you're having to do all of these things in the field that uh, the food is your main fuel source. Yeah, okay. But what's your favorite junk food? Oh, man, it depends on what kind of junk food I'm craving. And don't say carrots. No. What kind of junk food do you crave after a competition? Um, usually chocolate, if it went good or bad. I also love dark chocolate, so I don't know if that's a good example. Yeah. Dark chocolate is pretty <laughs> chocolate. good. <laughs> a um, good otherwise, also, occasionally, I'll crave Cheetos. I ate a lot of Cheetos growing up, so I think it's just kind of... <laughs> I crave that <laughs> cheesy, crunchy... My wife and I love Cheetos also. And I like, I like other type of chips too. So why did you decide to enlist in the Army as a, as a soldier rather than become an officer? You could have been a nutritionist or a dietitian in the Army. I did look into it though. Okay. But there's a lot of hoops to jump through. So I knew I wanted to keep competing. Okay. Uh, I wanted to shoot for the next couple of quads. So I'm thinking about retiring after LA of 2028. Okay. So it would have been a lot of years since I joined yeah. in May of 2020. Don't call that out. You need to leave the competition wondering. You can't call those dates out. Well, what I can say is Australia is hosting the 2032. So I've always wanted to go there, haven't been. So 
We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. No retirement in 2028. We're just going to leave that open. We're going to leave that open. No retirement. <laughs> okay. So, so you wanted to continue to, sh to keep shooting. And the only way you could do that was as a soldier? Correct. So the easiest way I could do that. The easiest way. Okay. So um, not that I want to take the easy route in places, but I wanted to be able to dedicate my time um, to my craft, which was Olympic style shooting. And the Army Marksmanship Unit is enlisted only. There's only a couple of officer positions slotted for our company commander and um, battalion commander. Right. And they don't compete. Correct. Okay, good. That is good. Well, the, the marksmanship team is much better because you made that decision. Our Army is also. So, Allison, you mentioned earlier, and you know, we were joking that the listeners wrote in about Elmer Fudd, but you, you automatically said he needs to calm down, right? What does calmness do for you? And how do you find it? Sometimes it's really tough to find it, but ultimately it, it helps center me and kind of ground me. Just a reminder that the only moment that really matters is the present moment. So if we're looking at Elmer Fudd, he was always looking towards the future and being excited of finally getting the rabbit, right? So for me, calmness takes away all of that. And a lot of times I use my breath and that's kind of what centers me in and no other emotions are coming in. So it's just this peaceful zone. Some people call it the zone, but I think that's really hard to create rather than just being present. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask a question. So a competitive shooter before you joined the army, mm -hmm. and then obviously you went through all the training every soldier does and you learned basic rifle marksmanship. What, what did you see as the major difference between the way you learned how to shoot before you came in the army and what the army was teaching you to do? Uh, not a lot. I was actually quite impressed, uh, other than the fact that it goes really fast in basic training because we're, we're in basic training and there's a lot of other things that we have to learn to be a soldier. Mm -hmm. um, they still talked about sight alignment. They still talked about breath control. They still talked about trigger squeeze, um, where to aim on different targets. So all of that I was actually quite pleased with. I think the only thing that I saw a lot of difference in is we work on our positions a lot. So we shoot um, standing air rifle and then three position 22 rifle, which is the kneeling and prone, which you also do in basic rifle marksmanship and basic training. Mm -hmm. We spend more time perfecting those positions where in uh, training, it kind of becomes a, this is, this is what it looks like. Just get into it. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I loved it. So I'm going to call you out right here for all of our- Perfect our soldier listeners out there, the first time you had to qualify for record with a rifle, there's 40 targets presented to you. Mm -hmm. What was your score? Oh, man. I did not get expert. I actually only had, I, I know, it was embarrassing. Don't, <gasps> can we cut this? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is the real on, world. This is, this is MTV, the real yeah, world. Yeah, times two. Yeah. Everybody wants to know. So mind you, I shoot stationary targets. Mm -hmm. I don't shoot pop-up. I don't shoot any of that for my sport no, and what I've been shooting no, for no. years. Mm -hmm. So my score was better with my iron sights because I could simply aim iron sights a little bit better than a CCO. Mm -hmm. um, but I missed a few targets popping up. I did not see them until they were dropping down. I would catch them out of the corner of my uh, eye. And I was, ah, maybe dang it. Dang it. Should have spent more time on them gophers then maybe. Exactly, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> right. All right. If you talk to the... The, the people in professional sports, they all have like a ritual that they do before a basketball game or a football game or, you know, or whatever sport they're in or, you know, a javelin throw. What, what's a, a shooter's ritual and what's yours? I, 
am kind of unique and I like to keep things normal. I don't necessarily have an exact ritual, you know, where I have to do this a certain number of times or this, you know, like you see in some tennis players. But uh, I like to listen to pretty chill music, kind of some folk acoustic music in uh, some right. headphones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Depending on how I feel, I'll sometimes wear over-ear headphones if I want everyone to leave me alone. And I look a little bit grumpy just so they even more so don't want to come up and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, or other times I'll wear just a normal headphone in ear. And if I'm feeling a little anxious, I might actually talk to people like it was a normal day. And, you know, talk about lunch or talk about breakfast or something like that to sort of take my mind off of the nerves and back on to um, just a general living. And I also do use a lot of balance training tools beforehand. I kind of, I don't, for some reason, don't have naturally good balance. Not really sure why. I guess I should have worked on it as a child more, (laughs) stood on one foot more often. Um, so I need it for shooting. So I'll stand on a blue foam balance pad and do some different exercises on those before I start. Did you know as a member of AUSA, you have access to many benefits from car rental to entertainment discounts. The opportunities are ample. Visit AUSA.org benefits to learn more. Now, Allison, earlier you said you resisted joining the Army at first. Can you tell us why? I tried a lot of different things before the Army. I did not think the Army fit me, and I will be the first to admit that. And that was all based on the stigmas and things I had. You know, I, I did not view myself as somebody that was very strong willed or aggressive or anything Mm. like that. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I cry in almost every Disney movie I watch. So I thought there's no way I could be a soldier. (laughs) So So do I. (laughs) So it's okay. I do. I cried when Bambi got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Still probably do. I've seen it how many times? I'm afraid to admit it. I mean, Allison probably shot Bambi, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. From from 2000 meters, right? (laughs) That's right. From 2000 meters away. Yeah. Okay, so so can you tell our listeners what you do? So you are both an instructor and a shooter? Correct. Okay, so explain what does that entail? For me right now, mostly it's the shooting side of things just because our competition schedule is pretty uh, extreme right now. We're traveling yeah. like every month. There's been a few months where I was only home for one week at a time. Oh, wow. But when we have a little bit more time, the instructor side of things comes in where we have... Uh, different clinics and the events that we're at. So we'll do a little bit of kind of coaching and training. And then we actually, our unit has an instructor training group, which I'm not a part of, but their job is to go around and train other units in the Army. I've seen them. They do a great, very good job. So have you ever thought about becoming an Army sniper? I have. The problem is, is I have a really big passion for nutrition. So I think I would rather be a dietitian in the army instead of becoming an army sniper. You can't be a a dietitian who's an army sniper, a dietitian who teaches people how to eat and shoot. That's fair. Okay. All right, cool. So do you intimidate the soldiers on your base? Do you walk around like, hey, I'm Allison, (laughs) Sergeant Allison Weiss. Get close to me. I'll shoot you from 300 meters. 
No, I definitely get a lot of looks though, uh, especially oh, since really? we're not wearing the OCPs every day. Yeah, the combat uniform we're using wearing polos and khakis, mm-hmm. and so we stand out for sure when we're grabbing lunch or something like that. Um, so they're always kind of like, "What? What is that? Who is that person?" Um, and then once we talk to them, it's it's a mix. It's a mix of intimidation or like, "Oh, okay, like don't make her angry." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> don't. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of intimidating. I heard that you split a playing card in half by shooting at it. Has that become legendary? And are people intimidated by that? I want them to be. Oh my gosh. I would love to have them. I'm not, I think people forget about it since it happened in college and we don't uh, replay it. We haven't, I haven't done it again, frankly, because I would much rather have done it once and say I did it than do it twice and miss once. So... <laughs> So tell us a story about how you did it in college. Yeah, we were doing a, Ole Miss was doing a sort of promo video for their rifle team at the time. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do a challenge of, you know, progressively harder challenges and us shooting those things. So I think we had a grape, just a standard red grape, a standard number two pencil eraser. So we hung the pencil and then somebody had to shoot the eraser off of it. And then the last one was a queen playing card that was hung like this, the way that you can't see it. You just see the edge. Oh, wow. So instead of the face facing you, it's only the edge. And the goal was to split it in half. And they had, you know, a slow-mo camera downrange. I think we might have drawn straws Mm -hmm. to see who would end up with what. And naturally, the queen card was the short straw. And because it's a hard, the hardest challenge. And I, I drew it and said, all right, let's go. And so they started with one of my teammates with the grape and another teammate with the pencil eraser. And they both hit those. So I said, well, now the pressure's really on. And I had a lot of fun with it. Loaded, loaded a pellet, took the shot. It split right in half. The whole range lost their mind because we didn't think it was going to happen, you know, in the first shot and first try. So it was really exciting. You need to retire from that one. If it right? happened that, yeah, that's right. Not the shooting thing. <laughs> we mentioned Olympics, right? So you were world champion, but you also uh, took part in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Now you finished sixth in the 10 meter air rifle mixed team category. And you did win the world championship last year, which is part of the qualification for the Paris Olympics for next year's Paris Olympics. So are you headed there? Are you on track to go to the next Olympic games? I'm hoping to. So they yeah. have changed the selection procedure a little bit on us. Mm-hmm. So despite having some bonus points and some good things from world championships, we are still having a three-part trial. This September will be part one. Mm. And at the end of the day, after the three parts, it'll be whoever have the top two averages over the course of those three competitions. So, Excellent. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Now let's talk about the Olympics for a second. Mm-hmm. What was the Olympics like? It was very cool. It was very unique. Uh, I will be honest and say that I was bummed but grateful. So bummed because it was still amidst the COVID pandemic. So it Mm -hmm. looked a little different than I had ever dreamed of it looking. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they still let us go and compete. And my dream was coming true. So the hardest thing for me while I was there was making the decision to walk in the opening ceremony or not, because 
Women's Air Rifle is the first event the next morning, and the opening ceremony goes much later than I ever thought it did when I watched it on TV growing up. Um, because nobody thinks about having to stand in line with all of those countries and waiting to get until you're walking through and then having to get bussed back to the village. Yeah. And I chose to go because it could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Of course, I plan on making more teams, but you just never know. So I didn't want to lose that experience, and I'm so grateful that I did that. Yeah. Now we got to drum up some rivalry here, right? Yeah. So we pray that you're headed to the next Olympics. And um, who do you consider your greatest rivals? So I had to think about this a little bit because mm-hmm. I've, I've had this question before in the past and I, I'm not a big rival person, but then I realized as I sat there and thought about it, you know what? Everyone. Everyone. Everyone when I walk in that range. Oh, yeah. And you got to give me, you got to give because us a little get, bit more specific. We want you to call then. somebody out, you know, we want oh, you call to call somebody out. out and make a prediction. Okay. Okay. We okay. want a prediction. If you don't, we'll make one up. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to pull some random name. <laughs> yes, right. Um, Who's I would your toughest say competitor? My toughest competitor yeah. actually is also my teammate here oh. at the Army Marksmanship Unit. So it gets oh. a little spicy. Oh. A little hometown well, rivalry well. going on there. A little hometown rivalry, Les. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's good because we get to see each other all the time and train mm-hmm. against each other. But it also makes things a little interesting when we travel and have to be roommates mm. and competitors. Mm. I don't want you to win, but I also have to sleep in the bed next to you in the same room. So right. how are we working this out? What's her name? Let's hear the listeners so mm. they know. I know. Come on. Sergeant Sage and Madalena. Yep. But uh, she is awesome. She is still, we have these rivalries and we definitely want to beat each other all the time, but Thankfully, we also are unafraid to share some little tips here and there if we need yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to take her down then is what you're saying. You're gonna, That's the plan. The next comp- yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm not taking her down, then it's her and I taking down everyone else. That way the army's on top. That's right. That's good. Awesome. So, Allison, we are so proud of you here. And we're glad that you had took time out of your busy schedule to join us today. We all Hope you do very well in the next competition, and we want to see you in that next Olympics in Paris. But oh, by the way, can you say the word "I win" in French? Do you? Do you huh? Oh, not yet. That's definitely one I need to learn. I don't know a whole lot of French, actually. I know no, yeah. the escargot, which is snails. Yeah, but that's snails. about all. I got. All right, brushing up on your. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> we wish you the best, Allison. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Army Matters is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission, educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and supporters of a strong national defense. Today's episode was hosted by Lieutenant General Retired Les Smith and SMA Retired Dan Daly, an anchor hosted by Carrie Barrow Heckes. Anthony Dale Call is the producer and writer, and Andy Bosnack is the supervising sound editor. Unzinga Curry is the executive producer, and the senior producers are Carrie Barrow Heckes and LaSharon Duncan. 
Be sure to subscribe to Army Matters wherever you get your podcasts and please leave a review. As you know, we love seeing stars in the Army, especially if it comes in the form of a five-star review. AUSA's Army Matters podcast, primary purpose is to entertain. The podcast does not constitute advice or services. While guests are invited to listen, listeners, please note that you're not being provided professional advice from the podcast or the guest. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of AUSA. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. I'm with Sharon Duncan. Hope you have a great Army day. Hooah.